Glad you're back with us. Final hour of the Bill Michael Show. Hopefully you're having a, a terrific day today, even though you're still probably licking the wounds a little bit over the fact that the Green Bay Packers are not in this year's Super Bowl. But uh, today is an interesting day in so many different realms. Uh, you've got uh, Marie Strait and the special teams coach of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, we're waiting for the official world word, but sources say he has been let go by the Packers. Uh, the offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, off to Denver. You've got uh, Luke Getze, the quarterback's coach, off to Chicago. And their general manager down there says they're ready to take the north over and not give it back. <coughs> Excuse me. Everybody's aiming for the Packers. You've got Caleb Williams, the prospect that we thought might come to Wisconsin. He has chosen USC. And you also have Tom Brady announcing his retirement after 22 years. Joining us uh, now, Zach Cox, NESN, the New England Sports Network, uh, joining us on the hotline. Zach, how you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me. So tell me a little bit about, uh, first of all, Brady and uh, his career, but more so even life after Brady in New England now. Yeah, obviously it's a, a career that we have never seen before and will probably never see again, um, just with the the really insane level of of longevity and success that he was able to have uh, i was i was writing a story about him earlier and it it dawned on me that he was he, he won a super bowl in his first season as a starter and his 20th season as a starter and in his 21st season as a starter he was a legitimate mvp candidate even though he'll probably end up losing that to uh to aaron Rodgers. it's it, it was just a run of success that i personally don't think we'll ever see again uh, at the NFL level, somebody who had this much prolonged success over over this long of a time. We, everybody talks about what's the greatest, who's the greatest, the greatest football player, the greatest quarterback, the greatest ever. What is the criteria in your mind for being the greatest ever to don a uniform in the National Football League? Uh, I think it has to, to go back to overall success. I, I mean, it's so hard to to measure talent against talent. Uh, I know there's been a, a lot of people over the years who have said Aaron Rodgers and, and then Patrick Mahomes and even a couple of other quarterbacks may have been more physically talented than Tom Brady had more kind of quarterbacking talent. Uh, but just none of those guys have come close to matching what Tom Brady's been able to do from a success standpoint with the, the seven Super Bowl titles, playing in 10 Super Bowls, uh, there was only six seasons. Uh, he started 20 seasons, only six of them. He failed to reach the conference championship round. Just uh, obviously some of that goes back to his team as well and, and Bill Belichick, of course. But just the fact that he was able to sustain that for so long, uh, I think that's just something that's been, been unmatched and I have a, a hard time seeing anybody uh, equal that going forward. What? Because I go back to the story of Indomitian Sue last year, talking about Tom calling guys before the game, saying this is what you want to focus on, this is what your head should be. This, it, to me, it's it's not just about playing the game and playing it at a high level. It's about the leadership capability and what what goes beyond just the X's and O's on the field. How much of that was something that just was kind of garnered over time playing in New England, or was this something that was always a staple of Tom Brady? It was definitely a a progression in that sense because you you look back at those early Super Bowls, 2001, 2003, 2004. Those weren't teams that were that had explosive offenses that were kind of built on Tom Brady throwing for 
450 yards and scoring 40 points every game. Those were defense-focused teams that, that were really kind of didn't ask Tom Brady to, to do all that much, I mean, especially back in 2001, the first one that he won. And then you saw over the years just the way that this the, the Patriots organization and, and then the Bucks over these last couple of years have just evolved and how Tom Brady has evolved with him, or uh, with the teams, rather. Uh, I think that's been one of the uh, the more impressive aspects of his career that he's been able to win with so many different teammates and so many different kind of styles of offense and styles of play um, and the success that are always remained the same. So that was uh, uh, certainly something that, that was really a hallmark of his career. I, uh, I I look at Brady and not only the success that he's had, but the way he's also handled adversity. He handled, I mean, we talk so much about Bill Belichick, and he proved that he can win without Bill Belichick, but how much did Belichick have in Tom Brady's kind of molding and shaping and moving him forward to become what he is? Uh, I think it was a gigantic impact. I mean, Brady has even acknowledged it. He said that he would not be, the quarterback that he is and he would not have nearly the success that he's had if he was not paired with Bill Belichick to start his career. And who knows? It's, it's an unanswerable question, whether if he had gotten drafted by the Arizona Cardinals, whether he would have had anywhere remotely close to, to the level of success that he's had. But uh, I think it was a uh, really kind of a fortuitous pairing for, for both of those to come together uh, because I also think Belichick and, and he's acknowledged this as well he would not have had nearly as much success if he wasn't matched up with Tom Brady. So uh, it was really, uh, I don't get too much into the, the who deserves more credit, Bel- Belichick or Brady conversation, because uh, I think that's kind of a, uh, I don't know, it's, it's an annoying thing that, uh, that continues to crop up around New England, and I don't think there's any real answer. Um, but, yeah, they've certainly helped each other tremendously um, to become what they are today. What uh, if you got a story or two? What stands out to, to you about Brady? If, if there's something when people say to you Tom Brady, what's the first thing that comes to mind? The first thing that comes to mind is probably the 2016 Super Bowl, the the Atlanta one, the the 28-3. Uh, I was in the stadium for that game, and you you really felt a, a sense of finality when they're down 28-3. You're saying, oh wow, Tom Brady's had so many comebacks in him. He he's had so much success and led the, the Patriots back from so much adversity, but even he can't, can't turn this around. Even he can't pull out and win this game. Uh, and then he did. And I think that's the game that really in my mind and, and in the mind of a lot of people really solidified him as the greatest quarterback of all time. And then I mean, that was close to five years ago now. And you look what he's done since he's won two more Super Bowls. He's won an MVP. He's come close to winning another MVP. Uh, threw for 500 yards in a Super Bowl that he lost. Um, just, uh, I, I think the fact that that happened five years ago, really his his status uh, as the uh, the greatest of all time was solidified. And then he was able to have basically another almost Hall of Fame caliber career after that. Uh, it just kind of shows the uh, the longevity that I was mentioning earlier and the really the level that he played for such a long time. What is the level when he left? What was the emotion in New England? It, it was it was interesting. It's it. There's never really been much animosity toward Brady um, over these last two years. Uh, certainly, there was some of that. Some people felt that, uh, but it really was. It, it seemed like more Patriots fans were kind of angry at the organization for not finding a way to to keep Tom Brady and 
and kind of letting that that relationship deteriorate the way it did over the last um, two three years of his uh, of his Patriots tenure, uh, and that certainly persisted through last season. The fact that Tom Brady immediately led the Bucks to a Super Bowl and the Patriots really struggled with Cam Newton as, a, as his replacement that year. Uh, but I think him coming back, Brady coming back for um, that Buccaneers-Patriots game in October, I, I think that was really a, a cathartic moment for a lot of people, both fans and Brady and Belichick themselves. Uh, they were able to have a, a pretty lengthy conversation after that game, uh, the exact contents of which have not been uh, been revealed. But it, it definitely seemed like that was a, a, an opportunity for, for both sides to kind of come back together and and really sort of put their differences aside and and move ahead and and I do think that Tom Brady will have some sort of a connection with the Patriots moving forward who who knows what that's going to look like but I do think we'll see some sort of a a ceremony uh, certainly a a jersey retirement or something like that down the line. Uh, Zach Cox of NESN, the New England Sports Network joining us on the hotline. Was it just simply the differences between Belichick and Brady that drove Brady to Tampa Bay. It was mostly that. Yeah, it it was basically Brady just kind of being fed up with the, the way that the, the Patriots kind of run their organization. Um, It's not the easiest place to play for a lot of players. Uh, Obviously the Patriots have so much success, but, uh, but it's, it's tough. Bill Belichick is tough on his players. Uh, He works them hard. He doesn't give out a ton of, uh, uh, a ton of praise to uh, to most players, even players on Tom Brady's level. Um, and then there there ended up being some some disagreements about um, Tom Brady's personal trainer, Alex Guerrero, and and his kind of role on the team. Um, and, and it was a, a lot of circumstances that just kind of came to a head. There were some contractual things there as well, where Brady didn't get the uh, the contract extension he was hoping for. Uh, and it was kind of a two three year boiling cycle when it finally just came to a head after that 2019 season um, Brady has has said that he basically decided before that year that that he wasn't going to come back uh, and re-sign with the Patriots so it, it was it, it's hard to maintain a, uh, a relationship like that uh, for 20 plus years um, I, I know a lot of Patriots players and certainly Patriots owner Robert Kraft would have liked to to keep Tom Brady in New England um, but uh, the kind of circumstances came together and he ended up finishing out his career in Tampa Bay. So that being said, how much animosity is there to this day for Bill Belichick? The fact that they drove, he drove away Tom Brady, who then went on to say, Hey, I can do it my way. And I win a super bowl. You all, you sat and toiled away with Cam Newton. I'm hoisting a trophy. How much animosity towards Bill Belichick is there? Uh, I'm sure there are definitely still some Patriots fans who are, are salty and unhappy with the way that it ended, um, and I think I think it would have been best for the team if they would have been able to kind of find a way to to get on the same page and allow Tom Brady to finish out his career as a Patriot. But uh, I will say that the the state the Patriots are in right now definitely helps that uh, helps matters in that regard, where they do have Mac Jones, who obviously is not a, a superstar quarterback yet by any means. He's still a developing guy, uh, but he did have a very promising rookie season. And I think a lot of Patriots fans can kind of look to that and say, all right, well, we don't have Tom Brady. We didn't have Tom Brady for these last two years, but it does seem like we might potentially have the next guy who 
even if he doesn't become Tom Brady, which, again, is very, very unlikely, maybe he's a guy that can win us some games uh, over these next five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. So uh, I think the fact that they've got a what seems like a, a pretty solid successor now in place, uh, I think it's eased a lot of that um, a lot of that tension uh, that you were feeling in the fan base last year. And then the uh, the next question I have is, and now you let into it a little bit with Mac Jones. Mac Jones, uh, when you look at his capability and what he did this season and the fact that he started off kind of slow and then gradually they find themselves in the postseason, it's got to at least breed a little bit of hope talking some Patriots side of things. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, there are, as I mentioned, still some concerns about Mac Jones. He was good this year, um, definitely showed some some really strong flashes. Uh, but he, he kind of struggled uh, near the end of the year, struggled with some turnovers, just didn't play his best uh, over the final four or five weeks of the regular season and, and didn't perform on a uh, – nobody would call him a, a top-10 NFL quarterback at this point in his career. Uh, I do think he can get to that spot uh, if the Patriots do the proper things to, uh, to put the pieces around him and he uh, kind of continues the, the development we saw so far this year. Um, but yeah, definitely a, a strong start for him, but, uh, it's, you probably wouldn't call him a, a no doubt franchise quarterback just yet. Uh, but they definitely do seem to be moving in the right direction. Zach, good stuff. I appreciate it. Appreciate the insight and we'll uh, talk to you soon. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks so much. There you go. That is Zach Cox. He is, uh, he is with NESN, New England Sports Network, joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline. And just talk a little bit about the perspective of Tom Brady. He's right. Uh, you know, when everybody thought the Tampa, you know, Tampa Bay, the uh, New England Patriots were out of it against Atlanta. And then here comes Tom Brady and company, and they come storming back and ultimately win that game. Uh, that was not only the the legend on the rise, which I 100% completely agree with, uh, but it was also, man, it was almost the dagger in the coffin that was the beginning of the end of the uh, of the Atlanta Falcons. They have not been the same franchise since. In essence, he ra- he he rose his level of of legend, and doing in the same thing just, just destroyed. Unfortunately, destroyed a franchise, and uh, and w- what has happened to to the Atlanta Falcons ever since? And Matt Ryan and company has just been astounding. Uh, so good stuff from him. I appreciate it. Uh, 877-867-1670. Uh, don't forget our friends over there at uh, Stenny Second and National Walkers Point. Great place. Kind of like the Cheers of Milwaukee, especially with some games coming up. Downtown Milwaukee, they run shuttles to all the games. Always good to talk with those guys. And I know they were closed yesterday. They had a big uh, staff meeting, or not staff meeting, but a staff outing for all the people that uh, still come to work, by the way. But uh, but they're a great place. Also, our buddy Lyle and the whole staff out there at J&L Tire. J&L Tire is a terrific place, and it's halfway between Milwaukee and Madison. And they feature Goodyear, Dunlop, Kelly Tires, but they're also known for Lyle and his terrific customer service and the wonderful deeds they do within the community. Just such good people at jandltire.com, J-A-N-L, the letter J, and L-Tire.com. And if you're a truck driver, a semi-driver, they're highly rated when it comes to trailer repair, truck repair, brakes, oil changes, whatever it is you happen to need, uh, major maintenance, they can do that as well. They can do it all right off of 94 in Johnson Creek, just north, and then in Watertown as well. That's J&L Tire, jandltire.com, that is jandltire.com. Dot com. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next.
covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. to have you some great stuff from uh, zach cox of nesn in uh in new england and uh, giving us a little bit of insight into uh tom brady tom brady in case you're just tuning in calling it a career today also the other piece of uh, news which uh, we talked a little bit about in the last hour is the fact that uh, per tom silverstein of the journal sentinel the green bay packers special teams coordinator maurice drayton not coming back to the team next season he has indeed been let go so uh, that uh, happening just a little while ago as well. So um, some pieces of breaking news, if you will, coming out of the uh, Packers organization. Um, 877-867-1670. Also, in case you're just tuning us in, uh, Caleb Williams is not coming to uh, Wisconsin. So he is begged off and he's going to go to USC. So that news also coming out today. Also coming out today. So we got we got a lot of different stuff happening on the Bill Michael show today. A lot of different stuff. Um what else do we have here for you? There's a lot of a lot of good stuff happening. Um who's this one from? This is our buddy uh this is our buddy Steve who says uh, another bucket list item is going to a Calder Cup game for the Admirals. They play exciting hockey and intent and the intensity of the finals and the playoffs is always awesome. That's our buddy Steve in Richfield. Steve, I agree. I agree. Um, I, and they were on pace uh, a year and a half ago when, when really almost two years ago now when COVID hit, they were on pace to win a Calder Cup. I think they were just that good, and they had that season cut short. They're playing some good hockey right now. Uh, Kurt says, hey, Bill, what about uh, Aaron Rodgers wanting to go to Tampa Bay? They need a quarterback. Uh, and that's from Kurt. I, I cannot. That team is also going to go through a rebuild. Because a lot of the guys they had on that team, specifically those defensive players, Jason Pierre-Paul and Dominican Sue and company, a lot of those guys not going to be there. So I don't know what that team is going to look like um, going forward. I and and Tom Brady, uh, with him walking away, also puts a bit of a a handcuff on them. Uh, you know, financially speaking, they still have Mike Evans who's going to be, uh, what, uh, I think $20 million worth of a cap hit. Uh, Brady was a $32 million dead cap hit. Now, I don't know what the what the totality of that is when he walks away, that he's retiring, but it's still going to be a chunk of money. Um, but you just look at some of the multi-year deals that they have there. I'm trying to, trying to pull it up right now because I don't have it sitting in front of me. Uh, Brady's walking away. Um... Their running back, Kashawn Vaughn, is the next couple of years at minimal money. But everybody else, Leonard Fournette, unrestricted free agent, Ronald Jones, Giovanni Bernard, Le'Veon Bell, all unrestricted free agents. Mike Evans is there for at least a couple more years. Uh, Drayden is there. Scotty Miller is there for one more year before he becomes an unrestricted free agent. Tyler Johnson, uh, Grayson, after that, Chris Godwin is now an unrestricted free agent. Um... Their tight end, Cameron Brait, is there the next couple of years. Gronkowski's done. Um, 
trying to sit here. Their, their offensive line is going to be thin. Uh, Tristan Wirfs is there in a couple more years. I mean, he's their anchor. Uh, Marpet, uh, uh, Donovan Smith. But, yeah, that defensive line. Vita Vey is going to be there a while. Vita Vey is kind of their anchor. But Sue, Dominic and Sue, gone. Um, boy, that Jason Pierre-Paul, gone. Steve McClendon, gone. Pat O'Connor, gone. Sakil Barrett, uh, their linebacker, is going to be there. Um, but yeah, they, they've got a lot of guys that are going to be, they got a lot of guys that are gone, that are going to be gone from that team. Uh, eight, seven, seven, eight. So I, again, I, my point being is, is that those guys all being gone, that team's in a full rebuild and Rogers isn't going to go there either. Um, Mark says, uh, have you heard more about Harbaugh going to the Vikings? Uh, I have not. I know that, and I don't know what I'm seeing now over on the four letter network. I know that they have got a, a picture of Harbaugh up. They just, uh, moments ago, were discussing Caleb Williams, the breaking news there that he's going to USC. But, uh, my assumption is Harbaugh's just interview. I don't know if he's interviewing or, or if, if there's a legitimate, I would assume that he, if he's going to interview, I would assume that there is a legitimate interest in getting back into the NFL, but Harbaugh has said steadfastly that he does, he's going to remain at Michigan. But I think he did that more so for posturing at the time. Oh, by the way, the Pat Bolin Trust announced today that the beginning of the process, the sale process for the Denver Broncos. Uh, so whomever emerges as the new owner will certainly understand what the team means to our great fans in the community. So the Broncos are now officially for sale. How about that? So that's more breaking news in the NFL today, that the Denver Broncos are now officially for sale on the trade market or on the uh, open market. So they're looking there. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff happening today, <laughs> to say the very least. Um, this is from Bill who writes: uh, Do you think that they're going to go after Rizzi? Now that Mo Drayton is gone and Sean Payton has left the New Orleans Saints, I don't know what Rizzi's contract status is and how it's attached to Sean Payton. I don't know if Payton leaves, if suddenly Rizzi still has the option of being retained. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't know how that specifically works. My assumption is until as long as he's got a con, because his contract is not with a coach, it's with the team. So if he is still under contract until they would cut him loose, he's still there. And all you would be doing then is asking them for permission to talk to him because you can't just go interview him. Uh, even though lateral moves are now allowed in the NFL, you still have to get permission from the team to talk to him if they would give you permission. So I know that somebody had said a while ago that, no, no, you can make a lateral move. You can, yes, but you have to uh, have permission from the team for another team to come and talk to you. You can't just do it on your own. So you're correct in that assumption, but yeah, there's there's more to it than just simply that. Um, and by the way, the uh, the coaching staff change has now been put out officially by the Packers. They have promoted Jason Vrabel to the wide receiver slash passing game coordinator. Luke Busk Butkus is now the official offensive line coach. Connor Lewis goes to the assistant quarterbacks coach. Ryan Mahaffey to the assistant offensive line coach, all from Matt LaFleur today. 
So uh, we do know that uh, now that is does not that is officially from the Packers. We do know that uh, Tom Silverstein of the Journal Sentinel had made it clear that uh, Mo Drayton uh, will not be back, and there's a story to follow. But per some of the sources in the building, they have not made it official yet. But per some of the sources in the building, that uh, Mo Drayton. Uh, will not return as a special teams coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. So that has not been made official by the Packers yet, but it is now out there that that indeed is is what's coming down the pipe. So there you go. Um, boy, that's a lot That's a lot of information for in a short period of time. Uh, let's do this. We'll stop away. We'll take a quick break. Uh, don't forget about our friends at Sloppy Joe's and Smoke on the Water in Okachi Lake. Great place. Joe and Ellen Hennis, their second location, the Downstairs. In that place, if you haven't been there and checked out the downstairs for maybe parties and such in the summertime when you open up the garage doors and you're sitting there looking at Okachi Lake, beautiful place, great food as well, awesome venue. Uh, whether it's in the wintertime, just admiring the lake, or it's in the summertime, watching all the boats go by, it is a fantastic place. Check out Smoke on the Water on Okachi Lake. Good stuff. Step away, take a quick break, come back. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. segments to go in today's program before we get out of here. Hey, uh, by the way, I want to remind you, uh, we're going to be the uh, the huddle is back one more time before we head out to L.A. for Super Bowl. We're going to be uh, to the New Berlin Entertainment Center or uh, the New Berlin Ale House, as it was known for a long time, Kuglitch's Bowl. Uh, we're going to be uh, over there on Cleveland Avenue coming up on Thursday night, 6 to 8. If you're uh, out and about and you want to stop by and say hello, Please feel free. Compliments of our friends at Bud Light. They're going to have specials over there all night. It's our last full group being together uh, for the season before we head off to L.A. and kind of round things out coming up next week. And don't forget, next week, it's our full boat of broadcast live from out in L.A. Uh, and I'm not quite sure where we're doing the show from yet. I know Mike Clemens and Erica are going to be both working Radio Row. I don't think I will be, only for the fact that uh, they are requiring the vaccinations and boosters and all these mandates and everything, and I... Um, I'm, I haven't done that all season long. So, I mean, I'm vaccinated, but, uh, I don't think I'm fully, uh, capable of doing what it is they want medically. So, uh, so Mike and Erica are going to be on radio row and, uh, I'm going to be in parts unknown, but the parties and all that stuff, well, we're going to be a part of that. So we're going to be bringing you all the coverage we can possibly bring you, uh, coming up all next week out in Los Angeles, getting you ready for, uh, for a Super Bowl and uh, the matchup between the L.A. Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. So really looking forward to that. So don't forget about that as well. Uh, Tyler says, finally, they fired Mo Drayton, the special teams coach, I, which, you know, I get it. I know finally. I don't know what took so long. Couldn't tell you. Don't know. But, you know, they go through a process. And I think part of it was the Fast and Furious. They were, you know, uh, looking at the, the movement on the coaching staff with Nathaniel Hackett leaving Lou Getze leaving, the promotions from within, before it has the trickle-down effect to say, okay, now let's get into the rest of the evaluations on the coaching staff and who's going to do what and where and who is and is not coming back. So uh, today, uh, Tom Silverstein of the Journal Sentinel letting it out that sources are telling him that Mo Drayton has been told he will not be back. He will not be back. Uh, Mr. Happy-Go-Lucky says, wonder what the reasoning was. As far as him not returning next year, are you kidding me? <laughs> 
Well, the fact that their special teams were awful and basically cost them the postseason, I would probably venture a guess to say that that was it. I don't know how much more you can you can look at and say, well, you know, maybe they should have brought him back. No, no. Uh, Anthony says, I'm glad to see that Mark Murphy did not get in the way of the firing of Marie Strait. I don't know. Again, I don't know how much Mark Murphy, Russ Ball, Brian Gutekunst got in the way of the hiring of Rizzi. I think just you have to understand the circumstances at the time. Um, from what I understand, Rizzi wanted to be the highest paid assistant, and that wasn't going to happen. And they were still paying off Mike McCarthy's contract. It's not that the Packers don't have money. It's just you don't want to spend it frivolously. And so they promoted from within, thinking that Maurice Drayton was going to get his opportunity, and he was going to become a, a really solid special teams coordinator. It just didn't work out that way. And it's a shame it didn't. But now they move on. You gave him an opportunity. Just didn't work out. Yeah, it might have been going on the cheap a little bit. It might have been where you didn't want to pay. It could also have been a part of diversity hiring. You know, it could have been saying, hey, we want to, you know, we want to put somebody, we want to look and find somebody uh, of color to put on our staff. It could have been that. I mean, I don't know. But it's something that you, you know, obviously there is a, the Rooney rule is in place for specific, specifically for head coaches. And the fact that there have been more and more and more firings of head coaches and, and the dwindling of minority in coaching positions, head coaching positions, positions specifically, I'm sure that, you know, everybody's trying to do their part to keep diversity on your staff as much as possible. And so maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. I'm, I'm just spitballing here. I couldn't honestly tell you. Um, but that might have had something to do with it. So Mo Drayton, the bottom line is Mo Drayton uh, is no more with the Green Bay Packers. So there you go. Um, what is this one? This is from Joan. Oh, no. that's uh, No, Aaron Rodgers is not going to retire. What is the likelihood that Aaron retires now that Tom Brady did as well? Because you always say he likes to follow Tom. No, he's not retiring. He's not going to retire anytime soon. My thinking is the next two or three years he's playing in the league, I still think the percentages for him to be coming back to the Green Bay Packers is probably sitting at about 75%. I just, I, I, the more I think about it, the more every day goes by, um, I, you, you have not heard anything negative about the team. Uh, I think Rodgers is not contemplating his, his, his legacy as far as being gone. So I, I, I think right now he is just, he is just enjoying a little bit time away, and he's probably, you know, enjoying watching some of what's going on in the rest of the National Football League. And just, I know he probably hates it. I wonder if Aaron Rodgers has like a big Super Bowl party, brings people over, watches the game because you never watch the game the same. It's just like whatever it is you do for a living, you don't look at it the same when other people do your job. Whatever it is you're doing, whether it's you know everything from window sales to carpentry to whatever, you know, if you're a mechanic in a in a in a Ford dealership. You never look at Fords the same again, and you always look at what other people do as far as work goes. You know, you critique it. I wonder if Rogers has a Super Bowl party. I don't know if he has a bunch of people over to the house, whatever. Kind of hang out, you know. Um, Mike says, uh, Stephen Greenberg, who, the, who Broncos are using as the financial advisor in the team sale, is the son of the Hall of Famer Hank Greenberg. Uh, he was Faye Vincent's deputy commissioner in the 1990s, who was instrumental in bringing the expansion franchise name the Colorado Rockies. Remember, uh, and we talked about this in the last break, that the Denver Broncos are now for sale. And, um, 
When Bud Selig first stepped aside as baseball commissioner, he asked Greenberg to replace him. Greenberg turned him down, according to Bob Nightingale. Uh, Greenberg has since uh, helped broker several deals with sports franchises. He may be a part of the deal now out in Denver. The bottom line is this. Denver is the Broncos are now up for sale. I don't think that. Then again, my buddy uh, Justin had a good point who texted me during the break, and he said uh, the Denver Broncos have now been purchased by Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a kick? It could be. Could it be? Because we know that Peyton Manning at one point thought about thought about possibly getting into NFL ownership. Could that possibly come about in Denver now? Right? Could that possibly come into Denver? Could could we see Peyton Manning decide to step up and put an ownership group together and buy the Denver Broncos? That would be interesting. By the way, did you see Eli Manning, and I'm going to retweet this, Eli Manning said in his statement today regarding Tom Brady's retirement, I appreciate your generosity in at least sharing a few of those Super Bowls with me. That Now that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Eli Manning, get, uh, Eli Manning getting at least a little chuckle, right? Eli Manning's not the funny one of the bunch. Uh, well, I, I will take it back in that, what is it, a Doritos commercial or the Frito-Lay commercial where he's being torn out of the house? driving behind uh, Jerome Bettis and company as they stream their way to the Super Bowl in an, in an old bus. That's actually pretty funny. That That's pretty funny. I like that. 877-867-1670. Uh, Brett says Rogers is staying uh, with Brady Dunn. NFC is that much easier for him to get to another Super Bowl. See, that's the other aspect of this. If you're going to trade Aaron Rodgers away, you're not trading him to the NFC. You wouldn't do that. You would put him in the AFC. And Rodgers probably looks at that and says, look, Joe Burrow, the up-and-coming Justin Herbert. You've got, obviously, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. You know, I mentioned Joe Burrow. you got all of them sitting there. And I know I'm probably forgetting more than a few. All of these young, good quarterbacks over in the AFC. And then you look at the NFC and you're thinking, who's who's the veterans now in the NFC? Who's really the up-and-comers in the NFC? Dak Prescott? Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray, I would say he's probably legit. Kyler Murray, if he could put together a full season like he did for the first half of this season prior to injury, he's legit. That I'll give you. But beyond that, who else you're looking at, right? That's... That's a that you know I if I'm Rodgers I want to stay in the NFC. I w- I would I would love to do that if I'm Rodgers stay in the NFC. Um, boy I tell you what. Uh, well let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Uh, I'm just kind of going through some of the headlines that are floating around out there. Most of them revolve around the state of Wisconsin. Whether it's the Packers uh, naming new assistant coaches, their special teams coach out after the playoff blunders, or the former Oklahoma quarterback uh, Caleb Williams transferring to USC and not Wisconsin. All stories right now that are trending and uh, in addition to the uh, Tom Brady announcement from earlier today. Uh, final segment of the Bill Michael show. It's coming up next. Ready! 
This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, here's Mike Clemens. The Bengals and the Rams getting ready to face off in the Super Bowl. We'll have coverage every day. Live from L.A. beginning next week on the Bill Michaels Show from Super Bowl 56. A year ago, the 4-12 and Bengals finished in last place in their division. Now with Joe Burrow at quarterback, the kid who grew up in Ohio has Cincinnati back in the big game for the first time in 33 years. Bengals defensive end Sam Hubbard on how incredible the turnaround has been. Yeah, no doubt. The thing about Joe and myself is uh, we've we're winners we've won our whole lives and you know I've been pretty miserable along with a lot of my teammates the last few years losing so many games you know I told Joe we need you like you're the guy to turn this around I know it what are the odds a kid from Athens Ohio national champion Heisman winner primed to be the number one overall pick and we happen to have it it just, uh, you can't even write stories like this. It's amazing. Wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. was asked what it's been like playing for the Rams after his time with the Giants and being traded by the Browns. It's been everything, you know, from McVay, Stafford, Coop, being integrated into the plan, taking me in, just pushing me for excellence. The, the, the weight room, everything about this place is right and it's done right. And it's just been an incredible opportunity um, that I feel like just trying to make the most of. And, you know, here we are playing in the Super Bowl, one game away from our dreams and keep going. In Chicago, the Bears have officially hired Packers quarterback coach Luke Getze as their new offensive coordinator. The Bears' new GM, 36-year-old Ryan Poles, had this to say. We're going to build through the draft. We're going to acquire young, fast, and physical football players. And the last thing, the most important piece, is we're going to take the North and never give it back. That's the Bears' general manager, Ryan Poles. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. CNC machining, Swiss machining, multi-spindle screw machining, sub-assembly. They've got it all going on. They're hiring over there as well. The one-stop precision machining capabilities, they have it all. That is Pindell. They're based right here in Wisconsin. And if you'd like to contact them for uh, an opportunity, 262-786-2550, 262-786-2550, or go to Pindell, P-I-N-D-E-L.com. That is Pindell. Dot com. So a couple of things. First and foremost, um, not a good day uh, regarding Major League Baseball. The latest Major League Baseball bargaining uh, bargaining session was, quote, heated, according to sources. Lasted about 90 minutes, which I can't believe. You got billions at stake, and all they could do was stand it in a room together for 90 minutes. That was it. For 90 minutes. They couldn't stand each other past that. Uh, they were in a room together for 90 minutes, and the players did lower their asks on some things like service time manipulation and the pre-arbitration bonus. They dropped that from $105 million in the pool down to $100 million. Um, but there is right now no date for the next economic core economics meeting between the two sides. But according to many, including uh, Kevin Davidoff, who uh, writes, or Ken Davidoff, I should say, who writes for the New York Post and covers Major League Baseball, uh, no no set time to get back to the bargaining table. Um, but there, I mean, the, the clock is ticking. The clock is ticking because you need to get this done really in the next week if you want to save a good portion of your spring training. 
I mean, pitchers and catchers are still not set to report. Put it this way. If you came to an agreement on, say, Friday, you could still get everybody into into spring training facilities maybe a week late. You know, you cut off a little bit of a week. But, you know, now you're starting to press up against the clock. And if you don't get it done in the next three weeks, four weeks, you're going to miss a majority of spring training, thus almost pushing the season back a little bit. So... They are uh, they are at somewhat not dire straits, but they they are uh, they're moving right along in that direction. Moving right along in that direction. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, feel free. Again, 877-867-1670. Where are the other? There was something else that I want. Oh, I know what it was. I know what it was. The updated odds for so many things regarding the NBA. Out of betonline.ag, um, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, they have dropped a little bit. Golden State dropped a little bit. Phoenix and Milwaukee have risen their odds. Uh, the Bucks are now 7-1 to one to uh, to be the champion this year. Miami Heat have gone to 12-1. to 14-1 is Philadelphia. And because uh, Philadelphia just uh, um, a while ago, they were... Uh, about a month ago, they were 25 to 1. They've risen their odds. And uh, Utah and uh, the Lakers have continued to drop. The Lakers went from 7 to 2 to 5 to 1, and then down 10 to 1, 12 to 1, 18 to 1, as they continue to somewhat falter. The Nuggets have fallen off as well. But the Bucks continue to rise. 7 to 1 odds for the Bucks to win the championship. I think a lot of this, we'll have to wait and see. But. With the Bucks, you're kind of hoping, and we have not gotten any word because the Bucks are completely tight-lipped about it, but no word on Brooke Lopez. And with the trade deadline, I think it's a week away, if I'm not mistaken. Um, with the trade deadline a week away, you can't keep Giannis at the five. You're going to have to get yourself a big man if Brooke Lopez is not coming back. If he comes back, then you're, you're rim protector, your defender down low, and giving you a little bit of offense from the outside. That comes back. But if Brooke Lopez, in, in, you know, no word as to what he's doing, but if he's not able to come back anytime soon, then you would assume that's what the Bucks are going to be looking for come the trade deadline. If indeed they're going to repeat, they're going to need that down, down low number five presence. But right now they're using kind of Giannis and Portis, and Portis isn't long enough really to be able to bang down low consistently. They're, they're just kind of using a combination, and they're winning some games, don't get me wrong, but... You're going to need Brooke Lopez back. But if they get Lopez back, then that would really solidify things. But I think it's kind of a lot like Zedarius Smith. We were hoping to get Zedarius back, and you got him back, but it was too little too late. And, you know, I mean, obviously the defense played well, but it was all too little too late, you know, to get a lot of these guys back. And it just it never worked out for the Packers. And so you're hoping that Lopez sooner rather than later is able to return at least with about 20 games to go in the season, which you're closing in on that mark now. So um, the updated odds out of betonline.ag just came out a little while ago, and I thought I'd bring those to you as well. We don't, we haven't talked a lot of Bucks basketball, but that's because we have gotten to the point where, and I, like I said, we should not be spoiled, but over the last few seasons, you see what they're doing. It's not about being the number one overall seed in the regular season. It's about getting top four and then battling your way through the playoffs as you get yourself healthy and get your guys ready, and then you make your run because you know what you're capable of. You can beat anybody. 
You know what you're capable of. You'd like to go through an easier path, no doubt, but you know what you're capable of. But it's not necessarily about the best record in the regular season anymore. It's about getting yourself prepared properly for the postseason and being as healthy and as kind of in rhythm for the postseason as you can be. Um, Tyler says, Rob Manfred, baseball commissioner, needs to just figure it out. I've always said Manfred's not not the guy for the game. I just, I've never been high on him. I know Bud Selig, and Bud Selig was just a historian and a just true lover of baseball. And I thought Manfred has always been a businessman first and a passion of the game, second or third or fourth down the totem pole. Uh, So I've never been thrilled with Rob Manfred. But after today and the reports coming out of the baseball negotiations that they were heated, um, and they leave today's meeting, and as, you know, the participants exited, no one had another date for another sit-down economically for the ways of baseball. So um, while we did see a little movement, we did not hear of optimism for the next meeting. So that's where things stand in Major League Baseball. We had a lot going on today. Tomorrow we will be halfway through the week. Hump day tomorrow. Looking forward to that. So that's it. That Man, today flew by. Just flew by. Absolutely flew by. So good stuff. Uh, we'll get back at it again tomorrow. Appreciate you watching over on the Bud Light live stream, listening to, to this program all throughout the great state of Wisconsin. And uh, until we chat again, time for us to go. Have a going. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.